to the VitaFoods Insights Sustainability Series podcast. From responsible sourcing to supply chain logistics, this dedicated podcast addresses some of the industry's greatest challenges and champions the stories of sustainability success. Today's host is Natalia Franco-Rocha, content producer. Hello and welcome to another Vita Foods Insights Sustainability episode. Today we'll be talking about macroalgae farming and I'm delighted to be joined by Marika Smith, who is the Commercial Director at Duplaco. Thanks for joining me today, Marika. Thank you for inviting me. I'm really looking forward to delve more into cholera macroalgae and learning more about macroalgae farming. So to get us started, could you please explain to our listeners more about Duplaco's mission and the key problems being addressed by the vertical farming? What does the production process of microalgae look like and what technology is involved? We grow microalgae to revitalize people and the planet. The key problem is that climate change and a growing world population endanger food security. We need to switch to food cultivation methods that provide in all nutrients and then with a minimum land, water and energy use. And that is also resilient to extreme weather and climate conditions. And we do that using our unique and highly efficient fermentation technology, which then very efficiently converts resources into clean and rich chlorella microalgae, rich in protein, fibers, and vitamins, minerals, and antioxidants. It is cultivated in a closed system, free from contaminants like heavy metals or dioxins. And the key of our unique methodology is that we can maintain the circumstances for algae to grow around a constant ideal level, very pleasant basically for these chlorella microalgae, and therefore translating into a unique high growth rate and very efficient conversion. And that may sound a bit technical, but essentially means that we can grow essential nutrients like protein with very little resources in a very short period of time and on a daily basis. We have no harvest seasons. We can harvest every day and we do not first need to For example, grow and feed a cow for five years before it is being slaughtered to put meat on the table. Can you expand a little bit more on how microalgae farming in closed environments improves sustainability and climate health within food production? Yes, of course. It basically allows us to skip the middleman, enabling us to feed the world without the need for animals in our food chain, making it much more sustainable. The essence is the efficient conversion I already mentioned of the resources and a rapid growth rate. We now focus on the cultivation of chlorella, rich in protein and with all essential amino acids in there, as it is impossible basically to feed the growing global population with a diet that is primarily based on animal protein like it is today. Our planet is simply too small to allow for such a diet. Sorry to say it, but it's killing nature and killing for people as well. Because now, for example, so many woods are being destroyed to turn the woodland into agricultural land necessary to grow feed for the animals. And these woods are necessary to provide us with oxygen and destroying the woods, among others, means we are destroying our oxygen supply. We simply have to change ourselves, but more so future generations to live. 
Our algae can be cultivated on a small surface and we can cultivate anywhere. So we can use a surface that is not arable for crops as location for our cultivation. Food cultivation using fermentation is what we see the fast way forward to revitalize people and the planet. It definitely sounds like farming fermentation is helping with tackling the three pillars of sustainability, especially with the focus on environmental sustainability. That's very cool and interesting to hear. And now with our listeners in mind, what nutraceutical products can implement this microalgae, which delivery formats should brand owners consider and what are the benefits for the end consumer as well? There are many possibilities and also many benefits, so the difficulties maybe to choose. Powder, for example, can be used in green juices, protein shakes, breakfast cereals, energy bars, as well as fish, meat and dairy alternatives. And one may not think of meat, fish and dairy alternatives as nutraceutical products per se. I believe we can and also should raise the bar for these product categories and aim for products that are actually better than the animal-based version in terms of taste, texture, but also in terms of nutritional profile as well as, of course, the sustainability profile. And there is always a lot of emphasis on the importance of protein, which is fair enough. But what about the importance of dietary fibers? And what if meat alternatives, for example, would also include these? That will give it a serious plus versus meat, fish or dairy products. I think that would be really great. And our varella, of course, also can be pressed into tablets, which we also do ourselves, to be used as a supplement. It is currently used for different, primarily nutritional benefits. People use it to detox because it is uh, rich in antioxidants. Others for the dietary fibers, for good health as a source of plant-based protein or for the rich combination of all of these, the combination of protein, fibers, vitamins, minerals, and antioxidants. So that is quite a few options for brand owners to implement Corella in their final finished products. And sounds like there is a lot of advantage as well. As you mentioned, the nutritional profile it offers. But what about the key challenges with microalgae adoption and implementation within finished products? Can you talk a little bit more about the challenges? Well, the green color of the traditional green chlorella is the key challenge for adoption in fish, meat, and dairy alternatives, but also for some shakes, cereals, and bars. This is also why we developed our Duplaco Gold, launched in November last year. Thanks to natural breeding methodologies, it hardly contains any color pigments, which would otherwise be responsible for this typical green color of foods to which chlorella has been added. The next step we are working on is white chlorella, free from color, taste also, and free from aroma. And that will enable the widest variety of application opportunities. That's really interesting. You're looking at different colors and also the aroma aspect of chlorella. So now looking to the future, what would you say the next five to 10 years looks like for the microalgae industry? Well, the key to enable uh, success for both people, planet and profitability will be twofold. One is to realize economy and ecology of scale, thus cultivate clean and rich microalgae as sustainable as possible and very cost-effective. 
The other is to develop the white microalgae I just mentioned, rich in essential nutrients like protein, fibers, and for example, also omega-3 fatty acids, and then free from color, taste, and aroma to enable this large range of application opportunities, as well as consumer acceptance. There is a lot of things going to happen in the industry of microalgae in the next few years. That's amazing. And thank you so much, Marika, for sharing more about this industry with us today. I'm sure it's also been very insightful to our listeners. And just before we end the show, do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share with our audience joining us today? First, thank you for inviting me again. It is a pleasure to uh, share thoughts with the audience. As a final thought, I would like to invite the listeners, basically to take into account the total cost in use when they take the opportunity to re-evaluate their supply chain, including not only the costs per kilogram, but also the costs of not being able to deliver, costs of extra analysis to check on contaminations, costs of recalls, costs of transport, etc. There may be a lot to win from an economic as well as an ecologic point, and not to forget also in terms of work pleasure, when choosing for a reliable and sustainable supply. Fantastic. Cost considerations is always of interest for brand owners out there. So thanks so much for sharing this last insight. And once again, thank you so much for coming on the show. And thank you also to our listeners for tuning in. If you're interested in learning more about Duplaco, make sure to check out their website hyperlink, which will be made available in the show notes. And that's it for now. Until next time. Thank you for tuning in and don't forget to check the show notes that will allow you to link to the information discussed in today's podcast as well as any sponsorship opportunities. The Vita Foods Insights Sustainability Series podcast happens monthly so be sure to stay tuned, subscribe and even suggest the series to a friend. Music